So I have been using the uh, the stage as a kind of metaphor for our practice, like putting um, the breath or another object onto the stage of our awareness. So to engage with that, to dance with that, to cultivate stable attention. And as I said before, what we want to um, become curious about is the one who knows. That's one of the words I, I used. So what we want to be curious about is being aware, not what we are aware of, but <coughs> we start to we start to kind of withdraw the attention from the object, from the objects of our awareness to awareness itself. So we follow this kind of question, which we don't maybe ask as a conceptual question, but we follow this question, this uh, what is called self-inquiry. What is aware? Okay, I'm aware, yeah, so you all have to admit that. If someone would ask you now, are you aware? You have no choice, you have to say yes, because otherwise you wouldn't have had the, heard the question. So if you hear a question, are you aware, then that's the proof that you are aware. So your answer, you, you would have to answer to a question like this, yes, I'm aware. But now we look deeper into what is it actually, what we are saying there, what does it actually mean? Aware, what is it? You know, how do I know that I'm aware? What is it? What is that which is aware? So, uh, to use the met metaphor of the stage, so far we were interested in the play. We were interested in what was turning up on the stage. Now we become interested in that which remains, and that's the stage. The gap between the actors, so to say. Sometimes this kind of inquiry is also, this kind of meditation is called uh, looking for the gap between thoughts. Yeah. So, if you just stop thinking for a moment, yeah. So just stop. <laughs> there is a potentiality where the next thing can appear. So if you stop thinking, you don't, you don't uh, drop down that, yeah. So when you stop thinking for a moment, and sometimes this happens through a shock. Yeah, then it's not that there is nothing there, but what is there? You know, you tried to say something about that yesterday. What is there? It's like if you say, "Ah, there's something there," then you then you already feel, "No, this is too much." You no, know, if there would be something there, you know, something feels so, it's it's so heavy, it's so like so real. Yeah, there's something there. So you don't say that. But then if you say there's nothing there, then you also feel, no, that's also not it. It's not that there's nothing there yeah, in the gap between thought. There's not something there, but there's also not nothing there. 
So that's uh, that's what uh, that's what we are um, that's what we are exploring. The gap between thoughts, and it has many names. So it's called Buddha nature, or ultimate bodhicitta, or the great mother, or the ground, or um, the emptiness of your mind, the nature of your mind, pure awareness, unconditioned awareness, non-dual awareness. So it, it has uh, it has many. It carries many different names, okay. and. Um, don't try to understand what I'm saying here. Yeah. So then you already missed how simple it is. So I will. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to talk about this uh, a few times. I don't know. Um, but in a way, it's useless to talk about it. It's just my kind of helpless attempt to <laughs> share something <laughs> which I can't share the words yeah but yeah, so this this is the I mean this is this is this is a possibility uh, how this experience is transmitted yeah? it's transmitted through silence through words through touch through uh, uh, through conversation, through um, through music, through art. Uh, so there's different ways to transmit, and transmit does not mean that something is given to you. What you don't have. In a transmission, something is pointed to you what is already always there and which does not belong to anyone there is no need for a guru or someone to give you something which you don't have the teacher can only point point out to you that you are already there that you already have it but that you miss it that you do, you, you are you or you don't trust it it's who you are. You can't become who you already are. No. You can't wake up someone who is not sleeping. You have to point out to that person, you're already awake. I can't wake you up. You're already awake. Because that, I mean, that which is opening when there is a so-called gap between two thoughts, what you, you described like there's nothing there to hold on, there's nothing there to grasp, there's nobody grasping in that moment, 
So that's the that's that what that's a moment of the non-dual experience. There's nothing to grasp there. There's nothing to hold on, because there's nobody there to who could grasp. So there's only one. Yeah, but but that uh, that that what is opening in the gap. Yeah. So like so these are the thoughts. Yeah, and then suddenly there is this gap. <gasps> Yeah, of course that is there all the time, also here. Yeah, it's just it comes a bit in the foreground, but it's it's always there. So, you know, if you have the feeling uh, that this never stops, which could be, yeah, it's it's a it's not the case, but it can appear like this. Yeah, and then you go like this, <laughs> go like this. You know, look through it like it's uh, it's 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 there. It's like in the background. Yeah? So now, the way I talk now talk now is provisional, because what I'm saying right now is that this this here is different than this. But that's not the same. That's not the case. It's all the same. Now, this is kind of a bit of <coughs> a bit of like kind of a. Con condensed or like kind of more like uh, vibrating uh, this this does not make sense at all for the new so this is this is in, initially it makes sense to pretend that this is different than this yeah what you see in the gap but actually, it's the same stuff. There's only one. This is the same. So, but initially, to kind of get a get a taste of what is meant with uh, the gap between two thoughts, it, it 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 makes sense to use this metaphor, which is like also the metaphor of the clouds and the sky. Yeah. So these are the clouds. So they move, which is sem the content of your mind, and then suddenly there is a gap. And this gap uh, is the experience of the nothing which is everything, and there's nobody there looking. It's a, it's a non-dual experience. Uh, so it's the sky recognizing itself. Yeah. Uh, but then when we when we complete this picture more then we start to see wow also that which seems to separate us from the sky is in the nature of the sky is in the nature of consciousness there is only consciousness consciousness manifesting in different in different frequencies in different uh, in different colors yeah? so Yeah. So do you go look for it or do you wait for it to arise? That's a good question. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think it's a, it could be, I don't know. I think I would answer to the, give a different answer to this question anytime when it's asked. Yeah. But right now I say it's like a bit of a mixture of it, because now uh, 
now my intention is to ar to arise to to give rise in you to some curiosity which is a bit of a seeking yeah so kind of you start to, to you start to wander you start to seek yeah um, but uh, it seems uh, and it's the experience it is uh, the the experience of this gap between two thoughts or the experience of dissolving and uh, having a sense of connection with everything that it is a, that it is more a moment of grace it's not something you can you can force there's n nothing specific which you can do like you do this and this and this and then you read this in this book and and uh, and then and then you can and through seeking uh, you can you can get there um, so yeah, I can't answer really the question. Uh, I think both is necessary. There needs to be the spark of of intention, of curiosity. Ah, there is something like awakening. There is this experience. I have a sense of it. So you start to seek, but then the experience itself seems to be more an experience of grace. We can create some conditions for it to happen, like being in a retreat. But it's it's not something we can find through a willful thinking, uh, seeking. So it is arising this curiosity, creating this, uh, creating the right conditions, and then just letting go, and. And then, when the time is ripe, uh, this insight will 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 ripen. Everything is uh, everything. What I say regarding this is provisional. Yeah. So, and and I think one you need you just don't give up on this. So just you know listen to this stuff. And uh, and then also listen. I I don't think you will get a, get better meditation instructions somewhere regarding stable attention and things like that. But I think it would be good to listen to other uh, other other teachers who use their words and their pointers uh, regarding non-dual awareness regarding pure consciousness so that it has a lot to do with the kinds of words they use and and it also has to do with some kind of connection one has to that teacher so just in a very in a relaxed way you don't need to push it that would that would be rather an obstacle just uh, hang out around this kind of teachings again and again so and then slowly, slowly it will sneak upon you and in the meantime you do the relative stuff yeah purification merit devotion stable attention uh, uh, studying emptiness so that you have an intellectual understanding as well so all this seems to be you know, a Zen teacher says Oh, this moment of awakening is an accident, but you can make yourself accident prone. 
Yeah? So it's an accident, it's a moment of grace, but you can make yourself accident prone uh, through uh, the so-called provisional practices of accident prone means um, yeah so you 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 increase the probability that an accident that this accident happens which in this case is the most uh, precious thing i mean the most meaningful thing which can happen in your life and you have plenty of time so you can relax you know and it's going to happen i mean this will prevail so love will prevail it will break through it's just uh if there's too much uh too much uh, too much grasping in it that's exa- that's exactly how you close it and so in a, in a way more you want it more you close it so how how can you, you know how can you relax that grasping and really accept uh, where you are and what is happening so so you, you so that's that's the direction not not like this i was reading through rinpoche now the myth of um, the myth of freedom in Japan. and uh, he says like it is his beginning on uh, teaching meditation and he says um, it's so important it's a disappointment he says mm. going into buddhist meditation because uh, what happens when we start meditate is, is our neurosis come up on the stage mm. and um, I, I am afraid that um, I have done it uh, many of you too I'm sure uh, like uh, trying to get to this open uh, gap uh, for me it was I, I was like uh, flee it was like a fleeing from the mm. neurosis mm. and mm. so it was very disappointing <laughs> to realize I had yeah. to go through this shit and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I mean yeah. it will never end it will always be like that yeah. Um, yeah. so just mm. just So I will uh, use, I think I did this also last year, uh, a bit of writings of uh, Tara Brach from her latest book, uh, To Refuge, Finding Peace and Freedom in Your Own Awakened Heart. So that's the book, To Refuge. <coughs> so she is actually, uh, she's based in the uh, insight meditation practice, so she actually comes more from the Theravada tradition, but in the last few years she turned to the Dzogchen teachings of Tibetan Buddhism, with uh, particular with uh, Tsukni Rinpoche. So, so this is not this is now uh, coming into her teachings as well, because what what she's writing about in in this latest book is clearly Mahayana style, uh, Tantra style teachings. So she writes, writing and speaking about the nature of awareness is a humbling process. Yeah. So that, that is this this humbling process of. Well, how can, you know, 
like sometimes I feel embarrassed or really nervous or I kind of want to give up you know it's like wow why why I'm doing this this is impossible to share they all think that I'm stupid <laughs> I don't make sense how can I put words on this it's it's like it's really it can become quite painful and embarrassing because part of this process is also that you contradict yourself you say this no you say things exist and they don't exist yeah they neither exist nor do they don't exist yeah so it's like it's like um, and and i'm sure it's like you know when she was when she was writing this book you know so she writes a paragraph and then <laughs> No, no, this is not it, you know. Then, oh God, you know, and then the next paragraph, and then her editor had to go to the waste bin, you know, and take, yeah, we take this and we take this and we put it together. And she was like, I think she felt like that. It's a humbling process. As the third Sen Patriarch said, Words, the way is beyond language. This, this is a quite, a, you know, it's, it's a quite important uh, uh, point uh, that we are talking about something here which, which, uh, which we don't, which we never will understand. Yeah? And uh, this is for the Western mind, particularly, is, is, is like mm -hmm. impossible. I mean, because we feel the only knowledge available is when we have something understood, when we have a mental image, when we, when we can talk about it in, yeah. a, in a rational way. Yeah. So this is, this is uh, difficult. It, it can be also scary because we have to leave the knowing mind behind and open to not knowing uh, to, to a groundlessness yeah. the, the, the knowing mind you know, understanding things makes us feel safe that's why we are so defensive when someone has a different opinion than us we want to be right because it makes us feel safe. So we tend to become fundamentalistic. We, it's, a, it's a contradiction, but uh, to put Buddhism and fundamentalism together, but we have this tendency to become mm. fundamentalistic uh, also in Buddhism. You know? So then it's like, then we have, for example, a sense that we have understood karma. And it's a very kind of childish concept we have but it makes us safe yeah. ah yeah so now I've understood how things work and why things happen and, and it's like it, it feels good yeah. and, uh, and this, uh, this, this this safety which we receive through mental images and stories we tell ourselves we, we know this is so scary when that starts to disintegrate or we, we start to let go of it and we become more flexible so this will you know this will 
there will be a lot of uh, in this process of uh, deconstruction there will be resistance there will be uh, like you, your mind will create clouds and and you know like will maybe say you know this is philosophy this has nothing to do with me what is this you know like it, how can this be helpful for my life oh it's too difficult you know I can't I can't read I can't understand this or um, all kinds of uh, responses out of fear out of the need to know out of the need to know where you are, who you are, what your history is, what everything is about, what is right, what is wrong. So there is a strong need in us to know. And now we are invited into something which we can't know. And this something is the most precious. It's actually the only thing which is worth to not know. <laughs> no, all the knowing, or all the other knowing, which gives us temporary security, is is not bringing us home. It's not bringing. It's not. Um, it's, it's not. Um, it, it, it's not. Uh, it's not the end. So she continues in that in that way. Whatever words are used, whatever thoughts they evoke, that's not it. Whatever words are used, whatever thoughts they evoke, whatever thoughts they evoke, that's not it. So that's Just as we can't see our own eyes, we can't see awareness. So awareness, presence, so that's so what she is talking about is the gap between two thoughts. So we can't see our own eyes and we can't see awareness. Why can't we see awareness? Because awareness is that what we are looking with. That's why we can't see it. So what we are looking for, when we are looking for awareness, when we are looking for enlightenment, when we are looking for freedom, is what is looking. You are already it. That's why you can't see it. You are looking for that which you are already. So if you are, if you are looking for enlightenment, You are, you are looking from it. it yeah. So, and she, now she she gives this this quote of uh, it's uh, from uh, Franciscus, uh, from Assisi, who said, "What we are looking for is what is looking." So what we are looking for, so what is it what you are looking for? And maybe you have different words. You know, some people would say, I'm looking for <coughs> peace. 
I'm looking for contentment, I'm looking for wholeness, I'm looking for home, I'm looking for feeling safe. Or maybe as a Christian you would say, I'm looking for God, for God, I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for connectedness, I'm looking for yeah, so we have different words. I'm looking for genuine happiness, for genuine fulfillment. So that's what we are looking for. And what Francis, 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 Francisco says is, what we are looking for is what is looking. That's why you can't find it. Also, this is the this really archetypical story. You find it in many different traditions of the hero who is uh, going on a journey to find the Holy Grail, whatever it is. So she makes this long travel, yeah? so and has all these challenges and uh, so on. And she goes, she travels everywhere to different countries and she has all these seductions and challenges and trials and and then, and then at one point she meets this old wise woman and, and, and this woman looks at her and says, you know, oh, just go home, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just go home. Yeah, and then she goes home. Yeah? And then she digs in the garden and she finds the, the treasure. So, of course, the journey was necessary. The journey was necessary uh, because you had to realize at one point that you don't need to make a journey. But for that, the journey is necessary. So it's not a waste of, it's, it's not a waste of time to seek and to be on, on the journey. It's necessary for coming to that realization that nothing ever happened. You never left home. You were always there. So, this is a good koan to uh, contemplate. What we are looking for is what is looking. Awareness is not another object or concept that our mind can grasp. We can only be awareness, she says. We can only be awareness. So, uh, so when we sit here, yeah, so you can, of course, we continue to uh, work on this provisional level of uh, cultivating stable attention, uh, working with peripheral awareness, becoming aware of the competing processes, yeah all of that, uh, but then uh, you know, in the breaks and also in the sessions, uh, kind of in the background is this possibility of this question, okay, what is aware? <coughs> you know, what, is, what is in the background? What is that which is not changing? Uh, what is that to which my life is evolving? What is aware of the sense of I? 
and then you look. Yeah. And you don't find anything. But there, 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 is, there might be a shift, a gap. <coughs> Sometimes that gap makes you shrink a bit because it's like, <gasps> yeah, so then you feel a shrinking, a kind of, uh, because you start to lose you start to lose the ground. Yeah? You, don't, you don't know who you are, where you are, and what all this means. So there, is a, there can be a... Yeah. But it could, it could be also that there's a sense of, wow, all these, all these worries, all these wars, all this, uh, uh, all this struggle for nothing. <clears throat> there's nothing to grasp, and there's nothing. There's nobody grasping. Yeah. So both, both responses, and uh, so the practices, the practice of uh, exploring this is a practice of short moments repeated again and again short moments repeated again and again so it's not a practice of trying to sustain that or um, trying to get back there so it's short moments repeated again and again and then slowly slowly it dawns on you it kind of sneaks in. Slowly, slowly, you get a sense that you can't get away from it. You can't closer. You can't get closer. You can't get away from it. So, when you then get up and you do your walking meditation, there is a sense, there is less a sense of that you are in your body, kind of riding in the body through the world, through a world out there. Yeah? So that's one, one, one sense you could have of that activity of walking meditation, that you're kind of, kind of somewhere here. Yeah? And then you ride on, on, within your body, you ride through through, you ride through the world and, and you look through the world, which is really out there. Yeah. So, but there is actually more a sense that you don't move at all. You don't move. You never move. You, you, you never move. But the body moves through you, as does the clouds and the birds and the other people. All this moves through you. You are not moving through it, but all this here, also what is happening now, moves through you. And you never move. This is a wonderful way to travel, because you are always home. 
you don't move. Things move through you. And it doesn't matter what you do in a way. You do the dishes, you watch Netflix, you meditate. It doesn't matter. It, it will, no, concentrated meditation will not bring you closer to this. And destruction does not bring you away from this. Yes. Um, I think you have put really good words on this at some point, but I need to do it again. <laughs> 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 uh, how uh, can I still then have the motivation to do things because mm. it doesn't mm. matter. I, I feel intuitive that it's good to do good, yeah. Yeah. but why? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. And how to get the motivation? Yeah. Mm. Uh. So in terms of practice, uh, the why would be, uh, it seems to be, uh, uh, it seems to be like this, this, what I said about the, this quote of a Zen master, you can make yourself accident prone. Um, the other question, uh, the, the other aspect is, yeah, why to do good, why, do, why, why to help people? It just happens. It just happens when you relax. It's there is no why, because uh, when when you relax, when you, you know out of, you no know, out of, you no, know, the nothing, you know, this nothing, the gap between thought, is, it's, uh, there is not only. So, what comes out of the nothing is goodness. Mm. And why? Because it's in the nature of, of, of the universe, it's in the nature of, of who you really are, that, you, that, you, that there is a goodness, that there is a, an impulse for connecting, for growth, for, uh, for, uh, for shining. So, why? It's why? It's because it's just <coughs> happening. It's it's it can't it, it, it can't uh, it can't do anything else. It can't do anything else than intelligently do the most beneficial. So that's what a Buddha is. A Buddha is this uh, awakeness, an awakeness 
from which spontaneously, without thoughts, without plan, comes the best for all. Transform you, you transform yourself for the benefit of all. It is that important. Mm. And there is a lot of motivation in that. But then I come to the point that the only thing that's meaningful is meditation. And then mm. it feels like, what else should I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Sometimes, uh, I mean, there always have been people, also in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, who who, uh, who came to that conclusion. Yeah, the best thing I can do with my life is to go into retreat. Yeah, uh, I, I would encourage you. Uh, it's a it's a possibility. If you if you work on your own uh, transformation by meditating, you you can it it will just cease from you wherever you are, whatever you do. It, it, just, it just works like that. You don't have to do anything. The mm-hmm. no the the the. It's it, it, it's it, um, it's not that. No, it's actually not that easy to do retreat in a healthy way. And um, one of the advantages <coughs> of uh, life in relationship and work and challenge is that stuff comes up, and then you can work with that stuff. So it's, it could be a good way to think about this is to, uh, to alternate between periods of retreat like we do now and then also periods where you, uh, where you are tested and where you are challenged and where, you, and where stuff comes up which wouldn't come up if you uh, spent all your time in retreat because it's just not triggered. So I think we we need to know there is there is uh, in this process of healing and uh, dissolving, purifying, we need to the the stuff needs to be triggered, and some of the stuff which seems to prevent us to do the best in a given situation comes only out when we are in relationship. So that's why you get married instead of going to retreat. <laughs> that's why you 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 give birth to a child and not to go to a retreat. So that's my my next advice. <laughs> and anyway, it happens the way it is supposed to happen. But I I'm married for a long time and I still do retreat. It's possible. Both. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even at home, uh, my husband is not Buddhist. He don't meditate, but he support. He 
So let's um, put something on the stage of our awareness. And you start uh, gentle. Adjusting your posture, adjusting your posture, and welcoming, welcoming where you are right now, what you bring with you into this moment. sliding into your body, so the embodiment is um, very important. So that uh, our meditation does not become a mental thing up in the head, but something which we do with the whole body. possibility is to allow the breath to come to the foreground, engaging with the breath. And in peripheral awareness, let things come and be and let them go.
So if something else comes to the foreground, either you let go of it and return to the breath, or you put it together with the breath on the stage, exploring it on a somatic level, embracing, allowing, loving. So there's a moving mind, a sem, the stream of sense starter, and then the stories, the concepts, the names, the labels. Notice how all this is happening in consciousness. It's all happening in your mind, like a dream. And all these appearances, they are empty, they are unfindable, like a rainbow vividly appearing. <clears throat> but unfindable. Why is there anything, what you experience right now, not happening in awareness? Why is there anything, what you experience right now, is solid, findable, and that you can put your finger on it? 
inner dream, things appearing in consciousness, sound of the bird, the breath, memories, thoughts, sensations, this voice, these empty appearances is the sense of I, the sense of being localized in a body. So there's the head which is changing and moving, empty appearances coming and going with an awareness. But isn't there also a vastness, something which does not change? A dimension which was present when you arrived here in this room today which is here right now and which will be here also in the next session, unchanged. So there's space for your thoughts and still there's vastness. And there's space for your feelings and still there's vastness. There's space for the sense of I and there's vastness, groundlessness, openness. A silent presence. pervading everything. of calm, emotion of peace. In the nature of love, 
mother from which everything arises and dissolves back into moment by moment. Undescribable, unconceivable.
or the walking meditation. Moving your body and reconnecting with the landscape in case your mind became a bit a bit bit narrow, a bit dull. So then the walking meditation can help us to lift again uh, our mental energy and um, practice of stable attention, maybe moving the objects away from the feet to the sun, to the birds, yeah? but not jumping around like a monkey, not the monkey mind, but uh, uh, mindfully, gently moving and staying with, uh, with the object for a while. And then uh, the possibility of uh, having a a sense of that which is not moving. Sitting here in consciousness, where consciousness and it wants us to know it. Yes. Ah. Mm. So it's not only that we are on the way to it, it is also on the way to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.